And yeah, true to form, up everybody, up everybody gets. They're sort of dancing around. At this point, what we can only assume is potentially the maid of honour just turns around to Charlotte and Katie for no reason and just looks at them and says, shake your f- And you know what? They did. They did. Good morning and good afternoon to all you dancing queens. This is Oral Fixation. My name is Andy and this episode we discuss the album Voulez-vous, aha, by ABBA. Released in 1978 on Polar Epic, we guarantee any audio samples you hear over the next hour are entirely for the purposes of review and critique. Enjoy. So, uh, <laughs> are we gonna? Would do you or would you? <laughs> I think it's would you. It's voulez-vous. Voulez-vous. Well, voulez-vous coucher avec moi ce soir is would you? Go to bed with me. Shout out to our Quick Fix episode. Iconic. (laughs) Yeah, if you liked this episode, head back to the Quick Fix. Voulez-vous. But first of all, hold up. Are we just not going to, like, acknowledge where we are? I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) This is completely normal. Yeah, the the sound quality has of your bedroom, the acoustics (laughs) have been updated Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it's um, hopefully a a pleasurable listening experience. We've gone profesh, gals, and and we're staying profesh. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. it's it's no turning back from here. No. Um, But this is our first ever technically in-stewed recording. Studio 9D. D. D. And the girls, the fans and the girls, they've put up with a few... Haphazard incidents through COVID. Your princes. Um, your princes, your... Your Shani Dijon. Shani Dijon wasn't too bad. Well, mm. I think I'm biased. Mm. But anyway... Mm. Look, anyway, here we are. Here we are. Um, and I, I, I want to start by asking... I just want to clear something up. Clear it. Clear the air. Clear the air. This is the first time I've ever seen you with written notes, by the way. Usually you're that phone bitch. There's some artists who I don't fuck about with. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I remember saying to you... I have just gone west. <laughs> on the dance floor of the Imperial Basement. Right. Very earnestly. Yeah. Sorry, um, can you can you give me a timestamp on this? Of 2.30am. It was probably the night that I twanged my tendon. Yeah. And, you know, you, oh, you know the rest. Um, but, so this would have been about a year ago, right? Uh, yeah. Ish. Yeah, ish. And I remember saying to you, very earnestly, there was probably some kind of amazing um, ABBA medley on yeah and i said to you i can't wait to do other for all fixation yeah and i can say all i can say is you gave me probably your finest andy got facial expression looked me up and down and said why would we what mm-hmm. no i didn't do it that it scarred me i think you're lying it scarred me I, I was scarred. I, said, I was actually in shock. I remember looking around the dance floor thinking, where is my next podcast partner? Wherefore art thou? <laughs> the Sydney gays were at the next booth over. <laughs> I, You're telling me that I denied you ABBA. Mm. That seems so off-brand yeah, for me. Yeah, here we are. So I wonder why. Well, I want to chat th- this through. So okay. did I misunderstand? <laughs> Let's scratch that one out. <laughs> Were you or I or both three sheets to the wind? Uh, let's definitely put a line under that one. Do you tick next to it? If you have any idea why you may have said that, do you want to go through that now? Well, I'm just thinking we've had a couple of um, <laughs> sort of uh, <laughs> tense moments at the Imperial because I also remember, I don't know if it was the same night, but I remember being at the Imperial and we were talking about Frank Ocean and, and you said, I don't really know the album. And I was like... Yeah, right, yeah. And I was like, uh, oh, really? Mm. And kind of judged you and then walked away from you. I remember that. Oh, okay, so there's been a few incidents. So there have been a few. But look, I, I need to go on record and say, if this, if this is true, I'm sorry. Because ABBA, even though as we know it, none of them are queer, queer. people. They, they, they are... They... They are. are Eurovision. Eurovision. They are 
Camp. Share. They are Share. They are Mamma Mia. They are Meryl Streep. They are Julie Walters. They are Christine Baranski. I actually watched Mamma Mia 2. Here we go again in preparation for this. That's commitment. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm sorry about that. But why did you... Why did you want to discuss that? But let's let's go for that. Uh, number one, your public humiliation is my validation. That's what you think. Mm-hmm. Very that, eh? <laughs> it's, it's very that. Um, number two, I just think it's a great starting point because I, I know that that wouldn't be your sober day-to-day opinion. No. Uh, Rue, never. Never. And <laughs> I think let's just get into why are we discussing them for all fixation? Well, just quickly... I imagine that your experience of ABBA is similar to, to mine in that ABBA always have been. There was they never are. a time where there wasn't ABBA playing in the car or playing in the house. My dad's favourite band, The Beatles, second favourite, Rolling Stones, but number, uh, sorry, Queen, maybe mm. Rolling Stones. But anyway, look, top five was top ABBA five. Yep. and specifically ABBA Gold. Specifically one of, if not the biggest selling greatest hits collections of all time. Ever. Yeah. And we actually kind of toyed with doing that, but I think there's just mm. too much. There's actually just too much to discuss. So this was yes. probably the first ABBA album I've really listened to from beginning to end mm. as its kind of own separate thing rather than listening to the greatest hits. I think that's a Gold. really uh, important reason as to why th- there really aren't many of the bands where they're huge major main modern day fan base is based on such a omnipresent greatest hits collection yes but there is so much um of note to be found in their standalone albums right it's kind of like <clears throat> the abergold is the the iceberg above sea and then underneath, you've got your voulez vous and you've got your ABBA, the album. Arrival. Oh, iconic iconic Arrival. Iconic. iconic. It is iconic. iconic. Yes, yes. So, okay. ABBA, mm, right? We're talking ABBA. We're talking about voulez vous which is their sixth album. You know what? Fair play to them. Fair play. Because they're still going strong, album six. Some would say they were hitting their stride. Do you reckon? I think I think they arrived with Arrival. Right. What's on Arrival? Well, couldn't tell you off the top of my head. It's all just an ABBA gold blur. It was about time for their arrival. Right. Yes. yes tonight. Tonight. Um, <laughs> I think there was about two or three albums where there's um, sprinklings of the greatest hits that we know. Yeah. But around album three or four, they started smashing out the bangers. Yeah. And as you said, Voulez-vous album six. Now, the album that follows Voulez-vous was actually my other choice for this episode. I'm glad that we picked this one yeah. that we did. But what's really interesting about where Voulez-vous sits is it's their last, I'd say it's the last of maybe their imperial phase, like really riding phase. that wave, the imperial basement phase. <laughs> um, the Visitors is very interesting to me. It's their, in my opinion, it's the mo- most cohesive album, but it's also quite dark and adult and mature. Um, whereas Voulez-vous is that kind of last big, great hurrah for ABBA as we know them. Yeah. And are they to get their... They're all still... Or they're beginning to break up? They divorced... At least one couple divorced during the making of Voulez-vous, which is uh-huh. particularly interesting. Thank you. Don't <laughs> stop doing that. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to stop. Yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> Apparently, um, productivity rocketed once um, at least one divorce was confirmed because, um, you know, all the pressures of having to create with um, your married spouse, um, you were clearly in a troubled relationship. Once that kind of all lifted and you can just crack on with the work. The cat was out of the bag. The big bangers of this album all came once a divorce was confirmed. Right. Mm. That's interesting. Yeah. So then The Visitors was their true divorce album. But Voulez-vous, they say the creativity came Uh from the fact that it just smashed out this, you know, Divorce. Yeah, they, so they, they'd kind of acknowledged. Mm. The, it was their lemonade. It was their lemonade, yes. but a collective lemonade. Mm. Um, so I know that ABBA was big for your family. Mm. Were you aware of Voulez-vous? Uh-huh. Uh, as like a standalone album sorry, no. before this? I wasn't aware of any standalone ABBA albums until about two or three years ago when due to the... In some people's opinions, godsend. In some people's opinions, devil worship of um, streaming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have an entire, you know, the worlds are opened. I I remember making a conscious effort to be like, right, 
Let's get into this. Let's see if there's actually anything to find behind the beyond the music, music. the Abba Gold. Thank you for the music. There is just so much on Abba Gold. It really is like 20 tracks of gold. It's their greatest hits. (laughs) It's their best. It's their best of. The the, the very best. (laughs) Um, So, okay, this album specifically. Gotta say that, speaking of Abba Gold, and we'll probably come in and out with Abba Gold, but... This, when we were chatting about whether we were going to do Voulez-Vous or The the Visitors, um, I kind of took a look. And the reason I suggested that we do Voulez-Vous rather Uh than The Visitors, (laughs) maybe we will stop that bit, um, Mm -hmm. was because there was a bit more bang for For our buck on Voulez-Vous. And I thought if we wanted to, I just, I was in the mood for a kind of quintessential Oral fixation, just you, me, two mics in a bedroom. Benny, Bjorn, just, Agnetha, and Anna Fred. Uh, yeah, just Fred. chatting about something iconic and fun and camp and gay, mm. rather than like, this is ABBA, but not as you know it, because this is the more kind of like melancholy Totally, and album. that will come on the Patreon. That will arrive. That will be arrived. That will come all over the Patreon. Arrival. Arrival. Um, but that said, voulez-vous? I have a dream. Does your mother know? Chiquitita. Okay. Even Gimme Gimme Gimme, which... You was... just... Sorry. You just pronounce Chiquitita in the Geordie. way that uh, Cheryl Cole pronounces Makita. Makita. Yeah. I do it. I do it as... Consciously. Chik- Chiquitita. Yeah. Because I just love the idea of a Geordie saying Chiquitita. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so there's just... There's a lot on here. There's a lot on. What's your, okay, with a bullet, what's your number one ABBA song? Chiquitita. Then let's let's start with that. A lot of Spanish kind Spanish. of influences on this album. I have a dream. I have a dream. There is a lot of kind of Spanish trickly guitar. Because mm. I was reading that this is their kind of like first foray into disco. It was an exploring disco, but uh, as long as, as they've been around, ABBA has been huge in Spanish-speaking markets. Right. Enormous in... Mexico, Spain, um, and the rest. Um, and shout out to our Mexican gays. Yes, all of them. Um, and they would always do English and Spanish versions of things. Really? All versions in also uh, German and Swedish. I was going to ask if they do any singing in Swedish. Mm. Um, they're all available on Spotify. Um, wow. This album, yes, it does actually include... Three of my top five ABBA songs. Okay, can I guess? Chiquitita, I Have a Dream. And then is Gimme, Gimme, Gimme? Randomly, no. Okay, that's my number one. Yeah, right. The beginning of all time. Wow. Of all time. Yeah. My number one ABBA song of all time is Gimme. The beginning of Gimme, Gimme, Gimme is playing right now. It's queer. Just the... That is drama. Mama. Mama on the dance floor. Mm-hmm. And it's also like, hello, Gimme a man. After midnight, no straight person is hooking up with a man after midnight. No, it iconic is... grinder anthem from 1978. You took the words right out of my proverbial tits. Mm. Um, so, okay, it wasn't gimme, 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 is it? Does your mother know? Iconically, no. Again, though, does your mother know to me is also queer because it's like, does your mother know that you're out? It's like the ancestral great aunt of. Um, Take Your Mama Out by the Sister Sisters. It's very that. Which in its own way is very Elton John, but you know, same, same 70s disco. You yeah. got the vibe. You... It's, it's, does your mother know that you I mean, actually, great question. Does she? D- no, keep, keep, keep this one on the DL, mm. Riz. We can edit this out. Yeah. Um, but well, I think I remember first hearing that song and thinking it was about being out as mm. gay. Mm. Maybe not immediately when I heard the song because I probably was like five but as I grew you were up, queer I was queer you were imprinting there was some sort of you know like I actually am pretty sure that there's a gay club called Does Your Mother Know <laughs> but I think it's in like it's in Stockholm it's not <laughs> it's not in Stockholm I want to say it's in like a Benidorm or something <laughs> 
Iconic <laughs> men uh, adorn. Um, which I've actually so randomly been to. Shout out to my older sister Sarah's Henry. She's very that. She's she's so that. Yes. But why is she so that? We'll get to that on a Benadorm episode. Episode Benadorm special. Anyway, look. Cut, get, Jillian McKeith, get your words out. We want to hear from our friends and family. Who is she? Who is your favorite track? If it track? wasn't for the nights. <gasps> if it wasn't for the nights, um, is iconically not on Abergold. And that's part of why I love it because for me it's the Abergold track which got away and I only discovered it recently right. on aforementioned streaming Deep Dive. Got it. Um, and I really, even just removing my personal adoration for it, I objectively think the quality of it is on par with anything on the greatest hits. And um, there's something, it really, it's quintessential sadness through joy. I was going to say the same thing. Mm. But also, we've discussed this before. ABBA, like, kind of invented that, mm. right? Or they were they were instrumental in the... Tears on the Dance Floor mm-hmm. thing that we talk about so often. Mm. The melancholy mixed with the kind of the joy and mm. the, I guess, the the catharsis in that. Mm. And if it wasn't for the nights, it's so sad. sad. It's so sad. I would be all right if it wasn't for the nights. Yeah, yeah. And the lyrics are so easy to understand for anyone who's been through a remotely shit breakup in which... In the day, generally, you can occupy yourself, you can busy yourself with tasks and errands and running mm. errands, admin, darling, Neil Sadaka, stuff like Just that. Names, names, names. At the night, that Forget when it. you're alone with your thoughts, that's when it is tough. And um, the extra level for me is now knowing that the divorce was kind of confirmed during the recording right. is that there's something... Most ABBA fans know that the, the two... There were two couples who married in ABBA and divorced in ABBA. Um, and that's part of their law. Sort of very Fleetwood Mac-esque. Very. Um, but to know that this, what some people may see as a kind of flippant, shallow pop song, is actually written about something very painful. And um, as all ABBA songs were, they were written by the two men, but sung by the women, mm. mostly. You've got these two fabulous women singing words written by their divorcing partners it's all just so real it's so real that it's almost a bit like um uh, awkward Mm. like it's a bit like Mm. a bit when you saying that it's a bit embarrassing i'm kind of like you know when someone like a meryl or a Mm. christine baranski is acting on screen and they're so good you actually feel a bit awkward watching it because mm. you're like, I'm privy to this like real emotion. Mm. It's that, That's but it's bad. but it's but it's actually real. To a disco beat. To a disco beat. Yes. Which makes you think that it's just like, yeah, it's kind of like yeah. it's mind play. Yeah. I'm into it. That's that runs through so many of ABBA's best songs, as we know and as we'll explore further. But that is why, if it wasn't for the nights, is in my top five ABBA of all time and is yeah, one of the three which are on this particular album. I've got to say that um, I've listened to this album a few times, but there is something about the way those guys write songs mm. that I I could have sung any of those songs after listening to it once mm. that I didn't know. Mm. Today, in my mind, all I've had is look into his angel eyes. I even mm. sent you a voice note singing it. Mm, you did. <laughs> didn't get any feedback on. No, you didn't. That. Um, anyway. It's like this, the the art of songwriting, mm. I feel, and the kind of like the formula behind it, I mm. feel like ABBA, like, kind of established that. Or again, were like really, really instrumental in kind of defining how you make a pop song. A pop song. Maybe more so as we understand what pop is today. Um... I, for years, just didn't understand the hype around the Beatles. I really missed the Beatles train, and to an extent, I really know hardly anything about them. But the moment that I understood what the fuss was all about was when someone explained to me, the Beatles, if you listen to them now, it's very easy to like what you're listening to. Mm. It's great music. But the reason they were so groundbreaking is because there was nothing like them before it. And they created this blueprint for um, almost sometimes sing-song nursery rhyme-esque melodies which can include quite touching lyrics 
but earworm their way into your brain mm -hmm. and it's very hard to leave. ABBA, I think, were the next um, huge giant of that journey yeah. and, and created these blueprints. And um, before this divorce, which we've talked about so much already, when they were making this album, the two guys, Ben and Bjorn, took themselves off to, I think, somewhere in the Caribbean to isolate themselves because they just weren't managing to tap into their creative reserves. I mean, they were smashing out an album, if not every year, every two years. Um, so their creativity was depleting. But um, they would put in like 16 hours a day in just trying to craft the perfect pop song. Mm. So why I think that's significant is they make it look so easy. They make they, it sound so easy. and Because it, it sounds so... Um, straightforward and simple mm -hmm. but it's not it's not it's like um, I once read that good editing like mm. of a TV show or a film mm. or whatever or even a podcast if it's if it's good you don't notice it and mm. with songwriting and with ABBA it's like it's so good because it's so accessible and simple mm. and like I wonder what the alchemy is to understand what is kind of so appealing to like the masses because mm. it's just if you put Dancing Queen on look it is oh it is actually maybe the wedding song it's it's the wedding song no one is sitting down during Dancing no. Queen unless it's now no where you're not allowed to stand and dance at weddings but time stamping this doll like yes. no <laughs> no one is too cool for ABBA. No. For Dancing Queen. Now. Right. Now they're not too cool. Right. What makes you say that? This is part of why I want to talk about their queerness. Okay, go on then. So, 78, 79, 80. I think the visitors was either 80 or 81. Gone. Two divorces. Don't want to do it anymore. Um, they had their time, but also the huge dick... Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> we can edit that out. And Andy, you didn't have to, you know, wrap me out as doing this naked, but thank you so much for the wonderful endorsement. Dream on. <laughs> the huge disco backlash, which we've touched on in a variety of different episodes, was happening. ABBA were just not part of what was cool yeah. or contemporary. Mm. And even at their peak, they weren't, they were never really seen as completely cool. Deeply popular. But the 80s happened. Um, ABBA's next resurgence was early 90s with the release of ABBA Gold, but also they were heavily featured in two iconic and specifically <gasps> Australian films. Yes. What's the second one? Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Of course. Sorry, I was thinking of Muriel's Wedding. Where ABBA's music features in both Priscilla and Muriel as this kind of totem or beacon for um, people living in the early 90s um, to find freedom or solace or... Like um, um, making your own kind of music. Right. Dancing to the beat very of your own that. drum. Yes. Very, a beautiful thing. Very, very that. Very that. That's a cast. In the 80s, no one wanted to know anything about ABBA apart from in the queer community. And it's been documented that ABBA were really only listened to in public spaces like clubs, in gay clubs, in queer spaces. Right. So, of course... This is nothing new to listeners of this podcast, but the gays never left ABBA behind. No. The 90s, they came back, and those two films are particularly queer, but that started the chain reaction, which led into the Mamma Mia musical, was which is probably the biggest part now of ABBA's lore. Was Mamma Mia the first jukebox musical? I believe so. I think so too. Mm. I think that there had never been a, and I'm happy to be told that I'm wrong, please do email in to oralfixation at gmail, oralfixationpodcast at gmail.com. I don't think there's been, there had been before, a musical that was, it, though it doesn't tell the story of ABBA's journey and different jukebox musicals do do that now, using only that, that back catalogue as a kind of like, means to tell the story and it has been replicated for basically pretty much every popular artist now and there never ever ever to the same dizzying heights apart from i think we will rock you was 
very popular in the UK, but nothing else springs to mind. Mm. Nothing. Beautiful. The Carol King musical. Nothing. <laughs> Shout out to Carol King. Though. Shout She's out. Coming, coming soon. Coming soon. Thank you, Adol. Yeah, um, yeah that. So, and that led on to, obviously, the film, which we know about the sequel, the Cher album, the everything. Now... I think it is quite cool in maybe what some would say an ironic way, but especially millennials, mm. it's there's no issue with saying that you love ABBA. Yeah. Because they are joy, they are free-spirited, they're the first song at the wedding, um, and I love that the queers never actually left them behind. But also, below all of that joy and um, kind of surface-level pop fun is the melancholy and the sadness. Mm. And... Maybe nothing speaks better to that than Dancing Queen. Yes. Dancing Queen, it, it, I didn't realise until just a few years ago, but that song is actually incredibly sad in a certain reading. It's this kind of wistful, yearning, kind of l- admiring someone else, this 16-year-old girl who maybe lived a life that you never got to um, on the dance floor, having that, the time of her life. Or that's lost now that you used to have. Very that. Yeah. Um, in a similar vein to... Um, Young Hearts Run Free. Free. And that is why we're doing this this together. (laughs) (laughs) Correct. Um, And I love that. It's kind of a a hidden nod. Have you you been to Stockholm? I have. And have you been? And I got a syndrome. (laughs) (laughs) Did you go? Come on. Surely you went to the museum. It wasn't open when I went. Are you? It opened Joking. a few years after. Oh, okay. When did you go? Just I went before it got cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, I went right, about... sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Message received. I went in about 2012 and it was... I remember paying <clears throat> something like eight euros for a coffee. But I had an ama- I had the time of my life. Yeah. Well, you danced, you jived. Mm. Um, I have been to Stockholm as well, thanks for asking. And I have been to the ABBA <laughs> Museum as How well. How was? Do you know what? I actually went on my own because I was, I was travelling on my own. But it was... It was Fine. fucked. Oh. No, it was it was the amount of like, you know, when you go to a museum, because like, look, let's get it straight. I'm actually not ashamed to say this. Museums kind of bore me. <laughs> like, I know that that's not a popular opinion, mm. but when you get a good one and it's good and it's more like, it was like a ride. It was just so colour everywhere. What was the highlight? Outfits. There was a really, there was one awkward moment where, um, you actually, there's this like stage set up and you and your family, if you're with them, can all um, <laughs> stand up on the stage and um, perform. So one of you's singing, one of you's playing guitar, blah, blah, blah. And they filmed the video of you. But I wasn't there with anyone. You so- should have wrote in some backpacker you'd had a dalliance with or something. Andy, or... That, that was... I. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> Um, well, that that still would have meant that there were only three of us. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah, okay. All right. Anyway, I had to perform... Um, what was the song that I did? I think it was um, Knowing Me, Knowing You, just on my own. Gorgy. But one. I thought, you know what? No, I, I'm not not doing it. And that trip was about knowing yourself yeah. and knowing me-self and sort and of you things adjacent you to know. that. So that was appropriate. So it was, but it's all just so great. And they're still kind of like... Are they still working together? Well, they they did they basically did nothing together for multiple decades. And Mamma Mia was recently, the resurgence. It was, but even still, the band didn't work together for that. They kind of appeared at a, a premiere or something. Yeah, yeah. But um, and just raked in the astronomical amount of royalties. Good for them. But um, recently, there's been talk of. I think they've actually recorded two or three songs, which is amazing. Yeah. After a break of you know thirty years. Um, and there's talk of them doing some sort of hologram tour. Although I don't buy into that shit. I won't do it. I didn't. I, I don't want Whitney. I don't want Michael. I don't want any of it. Wait, sorry. I should definitely know this. Holograms of their younger selves. Right. Being... Sorry, but they're all still with us. They're actually all still with us. Where is your and your Michaels? Yeah. There's a reason Abba for the just hologram. can't be asked. They cannot be asked. In, in a sweet way. They're like, you know, it's been so long and we're so different now. We don't want to try and replicate our younger selves when we were at our best. Yeah. And also, I don't want to go on tour with my divorce spouse. Fair enough. Right. Like that, we're over it. But also, Fleetwood Mac, you know. Pull your finger out. Make some money. Let's That's do it. Say. Um, <clears throat> do you remember Abamania? <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I iconically do now. now. You had now. Samantha Mumba. You had Steps. Cleopatra. Cleopatra. You even had Stephen Gately singing Chiquitita. Chiquitita. You had Tina Cousins. You did have Tina Cousins. And you also had Westlife doing I Have a Dream. West. And they released that and they got to Christmas number one. Um, the single I bought, you have just brought back a flood of memories. Do you remember I had the album and it was like, it was a rainbow. It was all of the, it said Abermania at the top and it was all of the names of the artists on it. Gareth Gates maybe. Ugh. And um, it was like a rainbow gradient. And I was like... As it should be. As it sh very much should have been. I was probably about 11 at the time when I bought that album. Mm. And my parents didn't, still at that point, ha nothing had twigged. We were in that famous Egyptian river denial. <laughs> Tea. Uh, um, <laughs> Trudy. Um, I remember going to London on a really exciting weekend away with mum and dad. Um, shout out to mum and dad. Trish. And... Um, and going to either the HMB or Virgin Megastore on Oxford Circus and just being buzzed at the craziness of being in central London mm. um, and buying the single of Thank You For The Music. <gasps> Which was all of them doing it together. All of them. Yeah. yeah. The songs they were singing. Anyway, enough about them. Also, Eurasia. <laughs> Eurasia or is it Eurasia? Eurasia. The band. The band. Yeah, Erasure. Sorry, erase that. I actually stand that band who I can't pronounce the name. <laughs> no, Erasure, Erasure here. Shout out to Blue Savannah. <laughs> um, they actually did a 90s EP back when ABBA was kind of riding that wave of all just ABBA covers, which is oh. just re really lovely as well. And queer. That's more queer stuff for you guys. If well, you your yeah, what is it about ABBA that. Just the joy and the sadness, I think. Joy and sadness. They don't, they also obviously never reference specifically queer relationships, but they're talking about themes of love and relationships which are universal. Yes. And queers are universal. <laughs> queers are iconically universal. Um, we kind of, you kind of skipped over a lot of the album tracks earlier. Sorry. Let's go right back to the start. I. I'm coming off as the, the villain of the season in this one. First of all, I didn't even want to do... I didn't even want to be here. You dragged me. <laughs> Don't blame the edit, girl. Don't blame the edit. You said what studio. you said. Um, and now I've just, what, erased all of the Erasure. album tracks. Erase and Rewind. We'll go Another on then, iconic Swedish band. I'll be changing my mind. Opening track, As Good As New. Right. Go. I felt like I was watching Marie Antoinette by Sofia Coppola. Baroque pop. Come at me. Brop. Um, it was a very... But do you know what was really interesting about As Good As New when I... Because I had when I started listening to this album in preparation for this podcast, I'd never heard As Good As New. And I was like, this doesn't sound like Abba. It was almost a bit kind of like... like kind of like funky. Almost a bit chic. Um, so that kind of threw me. But then as soon as it's the... As good as new. Like that's very Abba, and also to the to the point where it felt like a bit of I don't know which came first, but there were hints of Super Trooper in mm. As Good As New, mm. and I wondered if it was like a reprise. When I called you last night from Glasgow, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Glasgow is queer. <laughs> Glasgow is so queer. Have you ever been? No. Me either. <laughs> I'd love to go. But Shout out to Scotland. Shout we love out. you. We love you, Scotland. Okay, so then go on then. What a... Well, obviously then we go into <clears throat> Angel Eyes, yeah. which you stan. I don't necessarily... That's the thing. I don't... I don't know. Maybe we're, maybe we're getting to the root of this. Ooh. And you say, I take ages to find the point. <laughs> Look, I'm not going to sit down and be like, Let's put that ABBA album on. Like, I don't stan ABBA. It's Diana all over again. Gimme, gimme, gimme is iconic. Would Leo you listen to ABBA Gold? Uh, if, like, okay, here we go. The other day, the other weekend, right, I did this um, lunch event for... <laughs> As a waiter. <laughs> COVID. Um... <laughs> My side hustle. I put on um, a lunch for Peter, my boyfriend, and his family to celebrate 
um, Peter and Tim, the brothers' birthdays. And when I first, when everyone started arriving, I put on this kind of like chill out Arrival. playlist. Arrival. When everyone arrived and it was like, Peter's sister came and his um, brother-in-law and their niece and then the parents, right? And I put on this kind of like chill out playlist that I have. And I was just like, this is, after a few songs, I was like, this is not the vibe. So you put on your thumping house playlist. So I didn't put on uns. And took your top off. <laughs> oh God, I miss clubbing. <laughs> um, so then I put on like a golden oldies, kind of like an old playlist. And ABBA was the thing that kind of got us all talking. And then we ended up talking a bit about like music and blah, 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 blah. In that instance, yes, I would put on Abigold or like there were Abigold songs on that playlist, right? But I am not probably gonna listen to an Abba song and kind of soak up the music because I love listening to that song. Fair Does enough. that make sense? So with that said, Angel Eyes, literally one note and I was hypnotized because it's catchy. I don't love it and I'm not like adding it to playlist but I can't get that damn song out of my head because it's just so hooky and great yeah so that does that make sense yeah it does do you are you now viewing me through a more sort of homophobic lens starting to (laughs) yes yeah um I get it I get it They, they are a singles based act um no, I actually wouldn't say that, though. I will often listen to an ABBA album now, start to fish it, finish, yeah. having done my exploration. Right. But also just going back to The Visitors. The Visitors is the album which I will most often listen to, start what, to finish. What are the hits on The Visitors? There are none. So One of Us is on it. Yeah. Really, really sad. Yeah. Um, oh, One of Us is crying. Yeah, yeah. I think it's another one. But the other ones are just not singles. The Visitors is incredible. Um... Mine's gone blank now. There's this really haunting one called Like an Angel Passing Through My Room. It's Ooh. so un-ABBA. There's a lot of un-ABBA tracks on The Visitors, which I really cannot stress this enough. Listen to The Visitors because it's so unusual and mature and adult and dark. And then they don't seem like they're trying to chase these catchy, um, chart-topping hits for the weddings. They're actually just trying to produce, for want of a much better word, just credible pop. Right. Um, and that's why I think it's particularly interesting. I'll often listen to that at work. But I think fair enough on what you said with the rest of it. It's, um, is it because it's just a bit older? It's or? not because it's a bit older. It's just like not my, there, uh, there is a, t- a time and a place for ABBA. Constantly. <laughs> All day. And it's usually day. in, for me, like a shared um, shared space social space yes. rather than me alone with only my thoughts walking to work or cooking in the kitchen Does, fine do, do you, are you picking up what I'm putting down I'm picking up what you're putting down but that said I think that there's a really really interesting kind of um, uh, dichotomy between the fact that ABBA music would have been seen as kind of like for want of a better term, like manufactured pop. Correct. And it being um, discredited for that. Yeah. And now it being like one of the, like um, the, the like we were saying before, the songwriting being kind of like the, um, setting the agenda for what mm. like good pop is now. Mm. And I remember thinking that that like, um, as well in like, uh, the the 90s specifically with a band like the Spice Girls mm-hmm. like a lot of people were like they're, they're manufactured they mm-hmm. were put together by um, a management company and um, you know they, they didn't meet and create music organically it was it was quote unquote manufactured and now they did write their own songs though right but it was it was seen as kind of like because they didn't not real they weren't a garage band compared to the other biggest band. band at the time who were Oasis yeah you know, that, that tells you everything um Coming soon. Whereas, <laughs> whereas now, Spice, the Spice Girls are being are, are credited as creating some of the most iconic pop music, and I just think like it in time, in time, that realization kind of yeah, we're just so quick to judge it when it's like new and specifically if it's like 
quote unquote fluffy or throw away throw away when it's bubble not gum. though but it's not but that's it's the thing not. that's frustrating it's not bubblegum these mm. are like sad songs and that's queer and that is queer that's queer I want to give a quick shout out to Steps randomly yes. no, no, no. okay go on I'm going to say randomly because I actually don't love Steps Steps for me are what you just said about ABBA I will never I would never listen to a Steps song or an album however I give full props to Steps because they did this in the 90s and they're giving a really good crack at doing a comeback now to their very specific target audience <laughs> of um, being the new, the second coming of ABBA. They are direct descendants of ABBA. They don't make their own music, but the energy they bring and their songs are so closely manufactured to the template of what made ABBA great and people love them for it and I love that for them. I love their journey. I, I would never go and see Steps in concert. I will listen to their new songs. I just don't really have that personal connection with them, but I love that they exist. And that is because of ABBA. Yeah, and I actually have seen Steps live, mm. like recently. You're that Steps bitch. I'm that Steps bitch. Um, I saw Steps in, I think, 2018 with my friend Joe. Shout out to Little Gay Joe. Um, honestly, it was sensational. I believe you. I'm not just saying that. I don't, I'm sensational. <laughs> I'm also not a huge Steps stan. Was at the time. Doesn't sound like it. Was at the time. But, um. You're a stamp. <laughs> a stepping. <laughs> a hot stepper. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like, the the energy that they brought. And, and I think it's for that reason that I probably would see ABBA live. I'd love to see, have you ever seen Bjorn again? Many times. Have you? Many times. I saw them support the Spice Girls at Wembley Stadium when I was about eight years old. We'll never forget it. Iconic. And I actually saw them at Melbourne Zoo a few a few years ago with my friend Ellen. Shout out to Ellen. We got a bag of goon. We parked mm. ourselves bag on the floor goon. at Melbourne Zoo and we watched the best night of mm. our life. Um, and they did an iconic medley of Gimme, Gimme, Gimme with... Don't, if you... Don't you dare say hung up to me. And this brings us to the part of the show, which we do every episode, the immaculate <laughs> section. <laughs> the part of the show where we link whoever and whatever we're listening to, to the Queen of Pop. <laughs> Madonna wrote Bjorn and Benny a letter requesting sample permission for Gimme Gimme Gimme. An emissary took it to Stockholm, her most successful single ever outside of the US was born. And that, correct me if I'm wrong, that was the first time that ABBA... Second. Was that, okay, I think I know the other time. Was it randomly, um, the Tampera featuring Naya? What's she going to look like with a chimney on her? Is it, was it at that? Sadly not. It oh, was the Fugees. But that has... But that has da -da -da -da. Oh, I don't know her. I, I know, honey, it's um, playing right now. Dun 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 dun. That's can you feel it? Yeah. But I just, I look. Pause that. But I am. We are gonna. I'll, I mean, we can't. Put, but you know, I mean, just, look, either I'm right or I'm wrong. Got it. Okay. Well, ABBA are known for very rarely giving their samples. The Fuji's. Fuji's were first with some random, like the name of the game or something sample. Are you serious? Madonna with Hung Up, and then I think recently they've done something else which was really rare of them to give the sample. Anyway, it doesn't happen. Apparently they asked, and it was given, um, they asked Madonna for a huge slice of the publishing and some writing Quite right. rights, and the rest is as we know it. That ends the Immaculate section, section for this Love episode. that. Um, um, well, I was going to say um, really quickly, Fuji's... <laughs> Also, not many people know this, but you know, um, ready or not, right? Here I come. Yeah, you can't hide. You know the... Mm, yep. Mm, I know it. Stop it. Go on. Don't you dare. Uh, Enya. It's Enya. It's Enya. It's fucking Enya. It's Enya. Coming soon to, to the, the pod. pod. There is an incredible episode. I will link it into our episode description. Iconic friend of the pod, Liam, off of our stunning garbage episode, shared with me a few months back an episode by some sort of Pitchfork-esque magazine, a podcast that they run on why Enya is cool and why she needs to be credited more for yeah. being iconic. But she's... Uh, let's actually do Enya because I could speak for hours about Enya. Anyway, so we're wrapping up on Madge. She's gone. Back to the album. Yes. I do want to go a bit further into 
Chickity uh, Go on, you do it. Chick with it. Uh. That song has always moved me. It's moving. I think it's um, joyful. I think it's tender and very earnest. Is that the one that was your granddad's favourite or is that I Have a Dream? Well, you fucked up the next one. Oh. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> that's I Have a Dream. <laughs> uh, Chickatita. We'll remove that in post. Is... Um, so sweet and beautiful and it's about someone trying to lift up a loved one whether it's a friend or a partner who's clearly down on their luck someone specific when you say someone you specifically mean Julie Walters I think that the films paid that song dust I think the films paid my favorite <laughs> songs dust and that's why I don't really give a shit about Mamma Mia <laughs> okay well Let's park that and you continue your point. Love the stage show. We'll get to that because that tie, that brings us to Charlotte Treadwell. <gasps> oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I think it's so gorgeous. And I just love the idea of someone just lifting someone up. And then at the end, there's this really rousing kind of Greek, Austrian, German kind of schlager. Bum, 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 bum. Yes. Bum, 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 bum. Yeah. And it's like, come on now, doll. Come We've on, had the up chat. you get. Up you get. Let's go for a night on the yes. town. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's so true. Yes. Skipping to my granddad's favourite song. Uh, yeah. May um, he rest. I've actually talked about this on Orphic Session before. I have a dream, or I had a dream, whatever, is um, so pure and sweet and quite saccharine and cheesy, but um, I have this beautiful connection with it because... Uh, my granddad was this kind of hardy Scottish miner who... When you say miner... I mean... Child. M-I, I mean coal face. <laughs> not, right. At the coal face. Not, not minor key. Baby face. Not, not anything less than... Yeah. At the coal face. Got it. Um, shout out to the coal industry. Shout out to our gay, queer. gay miners. Yeah. Um, Both spellings. And I, I, he passed when I was five. I do have some memories, but I just love the idea of this really ultra masculine man loving this quintessentially like not feminine but sweet earnest song about meeting someone again mm. thoughts uh, uh and jupri and me you and dupree um but i think that's such an interesting thing with abba like i can't remember if you said that was your dad was your dad into abba no, more my mum. Did, uh, did your mother know? She knew. <laughs> she oh, been she knew. knew. Yes, yes. Yeah. So maybe my... because of her connection with her dad. I don't yeah, know. maybe. But my dad was this like big, hetty guy. <laughs> <laughs> but he was so into ABBA. Yeah. Like unapologetically. And I just don't, again, like we've had the conversation about like our dads being into Elton John. Queen, for Christ's sake. Bet. Bet. Um... It's this, there's just something so like wholesome to me yes. about your minor granddad yes. and my major father <laughs> um, that were just really, really kind of like earnestly into ABBA. Almost like, you know, God knows what my mom is thinking if she's listening to this, but I can only imagine my granddad maybe. And shout out to Claire because this, this guy was Claire's granddad too and Claire listens to all the episodes. Claire being your sister. Cousin. Cousin. Iconic cousin Claire who listens Sorry, to us in I'm LA. She boosts the LA listens. Thank you, Claire. Um, something about him maybe uh, finding a way to appreciate the more, the less masculine parts of pop culture. Right. And being completely okay with it because it's Abba. It's yeah. Manga. In the same way that my dad was really into black coffee by All Saints. Absolutely. And his thoughts on Pure Shores? He was the biggest stan of black coffee. I have to share my f- my favourite UK recent pop music trivia that I discovered, which is um, Black Coffee by the All Saints was co-written by Britain's wealthiest female. Really? Mm-hmm. She's the wife of some really, really famous uh, rich guy. But um, she co-wrote the song with, I don't want to mess this up, it could be William Orbit or it could be someone I was, else. I was going to say I thought it was William Orbit. Yeah. yeah Obviously so he did Pure Shores. But... Yes. Um, anyway, okay. 
Do you I, wanna... I think we've got we're, we're running out of time yeah. kind of is there anything else on this album that you want to talk about specifically this album the only other shout out for um, a track that look maybe I actually will add to playlist is Lovers Live a Little Longer got it I just um, it's there were moments where things got a little samey for me I will say that yeah, okay yeah, yeah. but Lovers Live a Little Longer seemed to stand out to me as something that's like okay this isn't like the rest of this mm. and I, I love that and I just also Summer Night City um, I tell you what speaking of Steps Summer of Love by Steps is a direct descendant of Summer Night City yeah Summer Night City is kind of vibey for me it's just kind of it's sultry like, ooh, it's like Donna it's Summer hot. like 6pm shall we go out wave. tonight or not yeah, like yeah. Mm, yeah. yes mm, mm, mm. vu um, love this for us um, do you like Sorry, so you asked me, is there anything else on this album that you want to discuss? I've got a couple of general ABBA things to say. Yeah, I've got nothing on this album, so let's jump into the general ABBA-ness of it all. Musical? The Mamma Mia musical. Mamma Mia, I didn't mean to come off so harsh. I just don't love the films in the way that I wish I did. But I've seen the musical twice in London and Sydney and absolutely love seeing it live. And I will see it again. I've seen it twice as well. Do, Do you know my cousin was in it I vaguely know of and randomly he's straight <laughs> that is random so random yeah but good but for him though good for him he was uh, Dominic Cooper got it yeah. got it yeah. yeah I think yeah he was well you need an occasional Hetty yeah yeah Um. so but are you, are you gonna tell the story you're great t- I'll top up the champagne okay so champagne's a very very loose term do you want me to play Shah or Katie Baker I'll be Katie Baker. Okay. Wait, what does Shah have to do with it? Oh, is it not Actually, Shah? no. Do you know what? It's neither of them. It's someone shouting to Katie Baker. Guys, sorry if anyone's bored, but wait for this. <laughs> it's worth it. This is a great story. So my sister, Shah, deep friend of the pod. Check out Vogue. Um, went to see Mamma Mia with Katie Baker, deep friend of the fam. And potentially deep friend of the pod. Um, and behind, in front of them was this rowdy as all hell Hens party. Hen party, if you're in the UK. Hens, for some reason, they pluralise it in Oz. Sends me best. Um, And everyone knows at the end of Mamma Mia, Dancing Queen comes on. They put on those, like, West flair onesie outfits. And they all come out and they do Dancing Queen, right? So, and this is when all the audience, unless you are unable to, stands up and dances about. (laughs) <laughs> like no one's not dancing so and yeah true to form up everybody up everybody gets they're sort of dancing around at this point what we can only assume is potentially the maid of honor just turns around to charlotte and katie for no reason and just looks at them and says shake your fucking tits <laughs> and you know what they did. They did. Why were they not in the first place? I don't know. I don't know. That's off-brand. It is, especially for Katie. Mm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just had to share that story. And, th- and thank you, Abba. For the music. Because if, if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't have that. We wouldn't have had that. You know, no, we wouldn't no, have no. that. Any more, no. any more for any more on your side? Controversial queer opinion. I actually have mentioned this before on All Fixation, but I'll say it again. I don't think there is any need or want from my end for Cher's ABBA album. Right. I don't need Cher covers of ABBA because I have Cher and I have ABBA. I actually see zero need for them to merge. I actually don't know her. Yeah. I didn't listen. I think I've heard, well, I've heard the songs that Cher performs in uh, Mamma Mia 2, colon, Here We Go Again. Um, but it's just not that one to me was for the kind of vanguard gaze, right? You're sort of your old, yes, old, your your yes. your older sort of sold old more board. CDs than streaming. That Did it? Kind there of, you go. Yes. There, well, yes. there. Now, the last thing that I want to say is uh, a special mention to another musical. This is actually the live musical version of Muriel's Wedding. <gasps> 
I believe it made it to London, but... Um, Did it? I saw it in Sydney about a year ago, and you saw it about a year ago as well, right? Peter took me to see it on our third Let's date. See. That's nice. Yeah. Um, and the music for that musical is mostly, if it's not an ABBA song, it's by Aussie pop legend Kate Miller-Heidke. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I loved about that musical is, of course, if you know the film, ABBA are really important for said queer antagonist protagonist Muriel pay, played by iconic actress Tony Collette um, but in the musical they're lifted from being this kind of just the pop stars playing in the background to they're kind of their characters in the show in a way which initially seems a bit um, oh this is a bit random why is Abba there on the stage um, but they take on this extra dimension of being these... Guardian angels, kind sure. of. And they punctuate the key moments. They're there to kind stage. of remind Muriel when she's doing something a bit silly yeah. or to follow the path, follow the yellow brick road. They're, They're her Jiminy of... Cricket they are. conscience be your guide. And um, there's funny moments of that. There's... Um, there's some very tender moments and it was really special to see them, especially in the scene with Muriel's mum. You're actually going to make me cry because it's so... It it's is powerful. so powerful. Because Muriel's mum is obviously one of the saddest part of the film, but she's iconically played Dust, but they actually give the credit, they give the character the, the recognition it deserves in the musical. I and found. it's too... Um, is it Winner Takes It All? What's the... There's a... There's a there's a specific scene with an ABBA song where it's kind of without spoiling anything, mm. but to spoil something, she's it's sad. she's moving over to another astral plane, right? Yeah, and it's just so. I was crying. Mm. I was in hysterics. Mm. Um, you, me, me. Anything else to say? The only other thing I'm going to say to end on a, a lighter note. My uh, two of my really good friends um, from back home, iconic Miranda and Fizz, who was the Fizz was the dirty Diana to your George Michael at my 30th. Oh, yes. Um, Their dad was once in Sweden. Uh, Miles is their dad. He's actually sadly no longer with us, Um, but he was uh, he was so amazing. And he used to every time we'd go to visit their house, he'd tell this amazing story where he was in Sweden uh, on like some sort of like jolly he was like in his early 20s booze cruise booze cruise but like kind of he was quite sporty so I imagine there was some sort of sport involved anyway he's playing a cricket um, by a lake uh, with his mates and they hit a ball and it lands in a boat and they all have to sort of here we go they all say who's gonna go and get the bloody ball like oh it's awkward but we have to get it because we're playing the game Miles of course volunteers he goes over to the boat and there are four naked people on the boat, one of them picks up the ball, gives it back and says, here's your ball. They were ABBA doll. The naked people on the boat were ABBA. Hey. <laughs> I don't know. What? What, what are you going to ask him? That's... <laughs> Awful. Um, and also... Don't deny us his story. Orgies in ABBA. Group sex. Come on. Now, they could have birthed some sensational songs, but I just... I'd Lovers live a little longer, doll. Voulez vous Aha. Right, yeah. Okay, well, love that. Shout out to Miles. <laughs> love that story. I don't. I don't know what else to say to that at this time. Are you? Are there any other ABBA tracks? Lay all your love on me is my other favourite one mm. that we okay, Gorgie, haven't Gorgie. mentioned. But are there any other final yoga? Positions? I really love Fernando. You do love I Fernando. I really love Fernando. I love it, um, especially in the scene of Malcolm in the Middle with <gasps> B. Arthur. Do you know what? Yeah. I haven't watched much Malcolm in the Middle. But I've seen, seen that scene. episode, it's and it's, YouTube, yeah. it's really, it's really sad. It's really sad. It was one of B. Arthur's last acting roles, if not the last, and it's just don't watch. Type in YouTube, uh, Malcolm in the Middle, B. Arthur. Watch it, incredible. And um, special mention to Dancing Queen. It really, we talk about on this podcast. There's certain like Alton John songs and Queen songs where there's songs that we've heard so many times where it's so impossible to extricate ourselves from just appreciating the song for what it is that song is 
magical for some incredible reasons. Just the begin, like when that just first goes. It's just, I use this term far too often. It's iconic. What do you think the Queen's favorite song is? Is it? It's not even a joke. It is documented. It is a well-known fact. HRH. That the Queen, the HRH. The HRH. She stands dancing queen. Why would you not? Why would you not? If you had a song named after She's you. She's only yeah. human. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that though, let's wrap things up. Yeah. Thank you so much. But actually, yeah. What? How are we going <laughs> to... I reckon we cut out actually after um, thank you so much. Yeah. And then it just fades into... Anthony, we're getting a bit <laughs> here. Do you yeah. want some champagne? <laughs> <laughs> right. Thank you guys so much for listening to mine and Andy's discussion of Voulez-vous by ABBA. If you enjoy this episode, please make sure to subscribe to Oral Fixation. It'll mean that you get our episodes every two weeks. Uh, and we also would love for you to go back and check out some of the other episodes that we've done. Specifically, uh, in line with this conversation, check out our Robin episode where we discuss body talk. If you want a little bit more of Swedish melancholy dance, we talk a lot about Cher and uh, Andy's quite homophobic response to her inclusion in Mamma Mia 2. Uh, feel free to check out our discussion of her amazing album, Believe. And then finally, we also discuss disco a lot in this episode. So if that's your bag, feel free to check out our discussion of Diana Ross's 1980 disco anthem banger floor filler, Diana. Have fun again. 